Catherine Ross joins me. She's the library manager at Mount Roskill Grammar School. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Good. We always appreciate your recommendations and today a particularly New Zealand theme. Yes, I did my Christmas picks last time, so I thought I'd end on a high note for the year and, yeah. and look at some lovely New Zealand Thank you. Um, and what's inspired this? So um, I think that uh, there's a wealth at the moment of diverse and talented New Zealand voices being published. And I think as a school librarian, and I know a lot of teachers, are finding this really exciting and invigorating because we're all looking for texts that the kids are going to see themselves in, yeah. that they're going to engage with, they're going to understand. And I think it's really exciting as well that the new Aotearoa New Zealand Social Sciences curriculum um, has finally recognised that fiction books do have a place in the academic curriculum. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're always pushing reading for pleasure anyway because of the literacy skills and, um, and all-round skills it gives you. But fiction can also give, when you're, t- when you're learning another subject, it gives you context, understanding, connection and engagement. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Other reading lists do have um, some, uh, some fiction content on them now. Uh, and I hope that this will encourage new, more New Zealanders to find their voices and tell their stories. Thank you. So you're actually starting maybe a little younger than normal. You've got something that might be good for under 10-year-olds. Yes, yes. So it is a little bit than I'd normally go for, but um, I particularly loved this one. I read it and, and laughed out loud in several places. So it's a really, really sort of clever, funny book. Yeah. So it's called um, Fetu Toa and the Magician. Uh, and Fetu has just moved to the country because her mum's got a new job. She is organising the house um, of a magician. Um, and Fetu becomes the animal keeper. So she's looking after a chicken, a shining golden ram, three lazy pigs, a bull who keeps crying, um, and the stage assistant of the magician, which happens to be a white rabbit called Errant who also talks um, and also gets himself into trouble. Um, because, and there's also uh, a carnivorous lamb on the farm too. Uh, Catherine, so, I'm just going to jump in here for a moment. Um, your line is cutting out. Um, it's a little patchy. Is there anywhere that you could move slightly differently that might um, be more fruitful for a good connection? I can try. Yep. That's already sounding better. Yep. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, is that better? Can you hear me? Yeah, that's better. Fetu Tour and the Magician. Yeah. So basically, but this book is um, it's it's great because Fetu is is a very clever, feisty, brave character. Um, and I think that that's quite that's not very very um, it's quite rare in books with kids this age. Um, and so I would highly recommend it. It is fantastical, it is a bit magical, um, but it's just lovely in its humour and its kiwiness. Although I will say that although the carnivorous lamb character is, is quite funny and the imagery is quite funny, it's also quite terrifying. So maybe not for the faint of heart. Okay, thank you. Uh, so that's Fetu Tour and The Magician. What about for slightly older kids? Yeah, so this is definitely middle grade, what I would normally talk about, sort of between 8 to 12. I, I enjoyed it, so, you know, even older. Um, it's called Conrad Cooper's Last Stand. Um, so I've read a couple of Leonie Agnew books now, and I think she's very good at taking big, difficult themes. Um, unfortunately, in this case, it's domestic abuse and uh, the disenfranchisement of, of Māori, and writing them for this age group. So they're sad, they're poignant, they're important, um, but they're not explicit, they're not overwhelming, and they're not depressing, which is a real skill, really. Yeah. 
Um, so this one's set in Auckland in 1978. Um, it's 11-year-old Conrad is at school when his teacher reads him a story about the Māori god of the forest, Tane. And Conrad decides that Tane is, is the solution to all his problems and that he, if he gets Tane on side, he can ask him for help with some of the family issues and problems he's having. And he decides that the best way of doing this is by being good. Um, but unfortunately, all of his attempts at goodness seem to go wrong. And even when his school friends convince him that doing good it will be doing their maths homework for for them, <laughs> um, it turns out Comrade's not that great at maths. So it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great for anybody, really. Um, but the interesting thing with this is that those eagle-eyed history, history buffs will know 1978 is special in Auckland because of the Bastion Point land occupation. Um, and it's all set to the backdrop of the protest. And inevitably, the story ends up at the protest on the day that the police go in um, and try and clear the protest off the land. So it's, it's a really interesting historical. She's done very, very well with kind of representing that to that level um, of reader um, and explaining things. Thank you. That's Conrad Cooper's last stand. And for 11 to 12-year-olds, Night Vision by Ella West. Yeah, so I chose this one just because it's a great adventure story, to be honest. It's exciting. It's a little unlikely, but I think that best adventure stories are. They'd be boring if they were all, you know, something we could all yeah. go out and do. Um, so this is about a teenager called Viola. She was born with a genetic condition, um, and that means that sunlight is deadly to her. So basically her day begins around the same time that everybody else is sort of finishing. So she gets up, she has breakfast with her parents, which is their kind of dinner. Uh, they go off to bed. Viola does some um, correspondence work, some schoolwork, and basically she has the run of the farm and the house and the surrounding forest. So she also has night vision goggles for when she goes on, on her adventures, and one night she sees something that could get her into a whole lot of trouble. Um, and she needs to sort of think about how she's going to handle this and is it okay to steal from a thief and what if that thief is very dangerous. So it's just a good, exciting adventure st- story. Thank you. And then getting to older children, 13, 14 years plus? Yeah, so really and truly these are sort of adult books, um, so sort of what we call senior fiction, so anybody so for adults or for older older readers. Um, the first one is Better the Blood. There's been quite a bit of publicity and reviews around this one. It was published this year. Um, I will say that I was very put off when I read this book because it has footnotes, uh, which they were used to explain <laughs> some of the, the Matavanga Māori. How concept. annoying. I know. And I, I look, I understand that they had an eye on the international market and they wanted to make sure that the story was accessible to people that went from New Zealand. But I will say there are some very clever and beautiful ways of describing other cultures and customs without resorting to what I think is a very lazy way of of doing things and including footnotes and a fictional narrative. Um, I can think of several books that do it really well. But they've obviously decided to go down this route. That's probably me being a bit picky. Um, It is a small annoyance, but I think that it's still worth reading because it's it's really different. It's a really interesting story. It's very in your face and it's very unapologetic. So basically the story is about a Māori detective called Hana. Um, she's investigating a, a murder when she uncovers a connection to a historic crime. So 160 years before a troop of colonial soldiers uh, have uh, basically killed, murdered a Māori chief. And so there's this very clever kind of storyline that goes through revenge and the impact of um, historical events and how that affects the ancestors and then it ca- uh, the descendants, sorry, and it carries on with 
um, land protests that have happened sort of um, about 100 years afterwards. So um, it's, it's an intricate and clever story. It's very Kiwi. Um, I thought the protagonist was slightly stereotypical, and I feel obviously she was being very carefully set up to be a, an ongoing series. Um, but I don't think it takes away from that this is a very new and important direction for New Zealand fiction and New Zealand crime stories. Good one. That's Better the Blood by Michael Bennett. Uh, a couple more ones, uh, uh, a name that we have often heard on RNZ. Uh, she does all sorts, Coco Solid, yeah. and How to yeah. Loiter in a Turf War. Is this yeah. the one with the really incredible book cover? The book cover is amazing, and the kids just get, are drawn to it just by the cover. Yeah. This beautiful kind of graphic art. Um, and she is, this is her first novel that she's, she's written, um, but she is an incredible, she's a wordsmith, she's a rap artist, she's a poet, um, and that comes across in the story. So this is quite a short, punchy book, so it's quite good for reluctant readers. And I really think it's one that New Zealanders, young New Zealand teenagers will see themselves in and will be able to relate to. So basically it follows three teenage girls just on a, one of their normal days hanging out in Auckland. So they make plans to meet, they you know, annoy each other, they're struggling with the public transport, which is late or doesn't show up. Um, but they're also kind of talking about all the changes that are happening in the area where they've grown up. So there's lots of local families moving out, local shops shutting, um, traditional gathering spots for families and for teenagers are sort of disappearing. So basically it's gentrification, which is kind of happening in areas all mm. over Auckland and New Zealand. Um, and they sort of they snipe at each other and they snipe at other people in the neighbourhood and and it's just sort of three girls carrying on through their day and teenagers will recognise it, adults will recognise as well, you know, when you're mooching about and hanging out with your friends and talking trash and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but the story it includes poems, it includes artworks, and it's got beautiful creative, you know, Kiwi language and feel. Um, so. She's just a wordsmith, and our kids have reacted really, really strongly to it. Um, and it, it really does represent a very modern face of New Zealand. Very good. And one more for us, Catherine. Uh, something different again. How to be a bad Muslim from RNZ, uh, uh, sorry, ex RNZ, Mohammed Hassan. Yes, so this was eye-opening for me. So it is a non-fiction book, so it's a collection of essays that yeah. he has written. Um, so it is about a collection of essays about his experiences as a Muslim and relating to the rest of the world. So he actually was born in Egypt and lived in Egypt as a child. His family immigrated to New Zealand as a child. And so he talks about all of that in his essays. He talks about the world for Muslims post 9-11 and the world for Muslims in New Zealand post the Christchurch mosque attack um, and I think the first essay for me was a real sort of hard hitter it's all about that the attack and it's about it actually has a really interesting link between the internet the alt-right culture and that sort of direct line that that had to the to the to the attacks in yeah. Christchurch yeah. Um, and his, his very open and honest and moving account of how the attacks affected the Muslim community in New Zealand, his own reactions, their reactions, but also their reactions to how New Zealanders reacted and how we kind of sympathised and empathised, mm. um, it really should be read by every New Zealander. I, I wholeheartedly think that's really important. And it's and okay for those younger young adults? Absolutely, I think so. I think it's really important, especially that connection with the social media and, and how easy it is, just without realising it, what you've become involved in and yeah. what, what the actual messages are. Um, I, I know it certainly made me take all my children's phones away from them and tell them they were never to go on YouTube again. Um, <laughs> so, 
mean, his essays are funny, they're poignant, they're philosophical, they're political, um, but he's very engaging. Again, another wordsmith, beautiful, beautiful way of, of, of writing and talking. Um, and I do think it's a very important piece of writing for New Zealand and, and about our, our multicultural identity. Um, it's a really important addition to that. Catherine Ross, thank you so much. Great list. Uh, we'll put them up on our website, rnz.co.nz. Jesse, if anyone wants to check any of those titles or authors. Nice to talk to you. Have a great break. You too. Thanks so much, and I'll speak to you next year. Yeah, wonderful. Catherine Ross, who specialises on books for uh, kids uh, and younger people.